Lights, action, performance. It's time to showcase yourself with us. It's the Entertainment Biz Podcast. Peter Gordon, or PG, started at the Eagle Eagle Radio back in January 1996 as breakfast show presenter and launched the radio station with the words, Hey, I've landed. A tribute to the Eagle has landed. The call signs of Neil Armstrong used for the landing of the 1969 lunar landing craft. Is this true, PG? Well, hello, Roger. Um, It is true. And, you know, the weird thing is... um, you know, I thought that was just almost like a little, oh, that's a little bit of a clever throwaway, but a little bit naff, frankly. Um, and I, but it still sticks. And, and it's amazing how how that particular sort of opening uh, line has continued. <laughs> and indeed, obviously, in the conversation we're having right now, um, has sort of continued to survive. Yes, I did. And, 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 and to be honest with you, um, I'd like to say that, you know, everything was absolutely in order and everything, you know, 7.45, 4th of January, ninety six. Uh, and everything was all, I'll be honest, Roger, it was a really, really busy lead up to the launch of that radio station. We had a lot going on. Um, we'd taken over, or won the license back, actually, um, from the group that ran Radio Mercury. It was a very rare thing for that to happen. And um, whilst we'd had a bit of time to build up to it, um, I, my memory is that there were various things that sort of came fairly quickly uh, just ahead of the launch. And I went into the studio and... Um, Apart from thinking, you know, I think I might do the whole eagle has landed thing. That's that. Ha, ha, ha. Um, I then looked at my screens and realized there was no music <laughs> in the uh, in the music log, uh, as we call it, at all. Um, and this was literally with about two minutes to go. I uh, All the, 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 uh, the, um, the, you know, the, uh, the guests and the sort of, you know, the, the do-gooders of Surrey and all the rest of it were having a big champagne reception outside the studio. <laughs> so I opened the door and above the hubbub said, I haven't got a first song. <laughs> and the then chief executive um, shouted back across the hubbub and the clinking of glasses, uh, make it Billy Joel and Uptown Girl. And that was sort of where it started. And I think I pieced it together. Why there hasn't wasn't any music in that particular section, I've got no idea. But anyway, Eagle has landed. Yes, I did say that. And um, do I, would I say it again? Probably not. However, hey. That's part of radio law history and uh, radio law now, isn't it? It is indeed. So, yeah, Billy Joel, then followed by, I think it was Fleetwood Mac. So I, I've been doing my little bit of a research on you. So, Good yeah. grief, Roger. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're, you're, you know, you're right, it was Fleetwood Mac. In fact, someone reminded me about that uh, just as I was finishing at, uh, at Eagle earlier in the year. And, um, yeah, Fleetwood, in fact, uh, I think I was asked that question. And luckily, I did reply Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> but then you. it goes a bit fuzzy after that i'll be honest yeah i don't know any more about that because it didn't say yeah. online at the time so there you right. go yeah. uh, so you had many roles at the radio station you were program content director brand manager as well as doing the breakfast show presenter how did you all fit it in a day basically i was actually um head of news for a while as well quite early on because I'm, I'm a trained journalist really and that was where i sort of came from in the early days um uh, it, well, Roger, as you know, in, in, this, in this wonderful audio uh, world that we live in, um, it's, a, it's a fantastic world to be. And I've always, uh, really right from the beginning, always felt you're either in it or you're not. So, you know, when, when, you're, when you're in a radio station like the one we were creating and then did create uh, with Eagle, uh, which is absolutely a full frontal, full service, local commercial radio station for the Surrey and Hampshire area, um, you, you just got involved. So um, I uh, very much believed that also to a certain extent, particularly from a breakfast point of view, you know, you're leading from the front. If something goes wrong, you, it hits you first. So you're going to have to sort it out. Um, and I just, 
felt that as part of the responsibility. So, um, yeah, I, 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 what can I say? I was absolutely fully 100%, 110% really engaged with what we were trying to do and, and was lucky enough to be part of the team that created it, um, put it together and continue to drive it forward, of which I'm very proud. We'll come back to a little bit more of that in just a couple of minutes. Let's take you back to your childhood then, shall we? What, what was uh, Peter Gordon like as a child? Um, funnily enough, I was in public quite early on. I was quite shy. Um, uh, in my own world, however, I was, um, I was big and bold. And I'm not sure that's particularly different from, from a lot of kids, in fairness. But, um, yeah, so I was quite shy to start off with. Uh, but then sort of started coming out of my shell a little bit um, for other people, not just within my family sort of in my teens and um yeah that's where it, it but I was always um I, I was always uh, pretty adventurous um I liked uh fun and um uh, as opposed to concentrating at school uh and various other things so so yeah I was I was I was I was happy and I was you know Roger I was happy I had a really really happy childhood I was in um I was in Guildford for the most part um and uh, therefore you know grew up in a, in a lovely part of the world so we, you know we're very lucky in our Surrey area for the most part and um yeah so i was very very happy thank you excellent so that was good uh, when you started so do you remember the first initial bug that you got for radio was it something when you, whilst you were at school like i was um to a certain extent I, I, to be honest actually it was um it was the school run um so in, in the school run that i used to be in uh which my parents were involved in uh, terry wogan was on the radio and um, Terry Wogan effectively became my first influence. And, you know, looking back on it, um, you know, absolute maestro of the medium, uh, just an extraordinary uh, ability that he had to connect. Um, you know, even when he had, particularly in his first in on Radio 2 doing breakfast, you know, he commanded millions and millions and millions of listeners, even more than he did in his second phase doing it. And uh, that's something special to be able to do that. Uh, so uh, he was definitely an influence really quite early on, as was Noel Edmonds. Um, and then I remember uh, my grandmother used to, my, my mother's mother, my grandmother used to live with us for, for a lot of my, in fact, was with me through my childhood right the way through until I was 18, actually. So, you know, she, she was with us and um, we, we were very close. And uh, I remember as she was getting older and maybe beginning just to, to uh, feel the ravages of old age. You know, I used to go into and spend time with her in a room um, and she she had a couple of cassette players. Cassette players, remember that? Mm -hmm. And I used to play her Val Dunican tapes in one and then crossfade <laughs> to her Perry Como tapes in the other. And I now realise that effectively what I was doing was a sort of radio show in front of her, although I didn't really get that's what I was doing. So that's that's the slightly strange thing. This is why when anyone ever asks me about Val Dunican and Perry Como, I know all the words. I know them all. The whole flipping thing. Um, so that's sort of where that got. And then and then yeah. And then it, and then it sort of um, uh, became more crystallised when County Sound Radio, which was the first local commercial station for the area, started in about 1983, and that's really where the sort of proper radio interest started. Yeah, I think you started similar to me with uh, playing with tapes. And did you have a microphone to talk into at the time? Can you remember? I'm just trying to remember the setup that I had. It was, I mean, there were two Hitachi cassette recorders. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I think I, I must have done because I'm pretty certain I recorded the whole thing onto something else. It must have been a third one somewhere. Um, and then she could have that tape, which she could play when I wasn't there. So there must have been there must have been a third for the machine. I don't know if that. Yeah, I can't remember. I just remember I I remember putting the two cassette machines on two like sort of kitchen stools either side. Mm-hmm. But I must have recorded it as well. So yeah, so I, 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 but it wasn't like a blare out microphone. I think it was just a recording microphone. You see what I mean? Let's say all the best presenters start in their bedroom talking to their cells. Uh, yeah, well, I'm lucky I had my grandmother. To talk you you to. had your grandmother. To talk <laughs> well, I'd already got a bit of an audience, I, know, an audience of audience of one. I knew that again, probably. That was a little bit unfortunate for me because I didn't have a microphone at the time, so I just used to talk into thin air for about four or five hours every Sunday. Mum used to shout oh. up about half past twelve. No, I'm finishing my show. Don't don't, don't disturb me. Yeah. I'm off air at one o'clock. And she couldn't believe me what I was doing. But there you go. I really it, it's enjoyed always, it. It's always it's all the risk, Roger, of radio people that we may only ever be talking into thin air. That's the truth. This and is very the risk, true. The risk we take. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> uh, so, can you remember uh, your, your first bug getting into into the radio station? You, you mentioned County Sound there. Yeah. What was it like when you entered County Sound for the first time? Well, actually, things had started before that, if I'm honest. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, t- I got interested in County Sound because it launched in 83 in the Friary in Guildford, and I, I was outside on the day of the launch, so I remember all of that. What actually happened was I then went to university at... Uh, in fact, I got on County Sound, I think, to be on some sort of roundtable discussion thing about music, uh, and that was sort of my first appearance. But then I went to university in York, who've got a fantastic campus radio station, still there, URY, it's produced actually a number of, of really quite well-known media people um, from there. It was launched by John Peel in about 1967. Um, and anyway, during the 80s, I was, I was there and, and uh, I went to study a degree in politics. Um, so, and I got a, a sort of second-class degree in that. I would have got a first-class degree in radio had I been studying, because that's pretty much what I spent my time doing. Mm-hmm. However... Um, uh, so yeah, the campus radio stations there, that also gave me a few like, great experience, fantastic experience to be able to effectively play at radio without really any comeback. Um, uh, and, and to a certain extent, you're part of a sort of club of people. So at least they're listening to you if no one else is. And then, um, and I also got a little bit of work with BBC Radio York while I was up there. Um, in fact, my first ever yeah, first ever professional radio piece was uh, what we call a NAS Live. You know about those, Roger? Mm, yeah. Um, that I did um, to, I think it was a Saturday morning show on BBC York. And it was a feature about Scottish sword dancing in York City Centre. So, and I remember the whole bagpipes thing in the background and all of that. And that was my first proper submission uh, to radio. So, yeah, it was university that really did it before I came back down south and then got involved in County Sound. We, can you remember that initial uh, holding the microphone when uh, when you realised you were going to be on air? Was it a kind of a nervous affair for you, or did you just take it naturally? Um, just excitement. I mean, so, you know, in that sort of university time and the freelance yeah. stuff for BBC York was definitely an excitement. Um, it was different when when I came back and and via various ways um, got involved in County Sound. I actually, I'll be honest with you, I came back from having got my degree and everything. And in those days, it, and I'm not saying it's an easy path now, but there are sort of courses and things people can go on. Back in those days, there weren't as many mm-hmm. what I would call sort of, you know, streaming type um, t- type sort of methods to be able to try and get into the industry. So I did end up going and making tea for the morning team at uh, County Sound in Woking, as they were at that point. Um, but within a few weeks, I was um, using my voice and they were using me for reports and things like that, which then 
uh, <clears throat> got me onto, I, I, it spurred me on. I went and got a postgraduate diploma um, in journalism um, and started working again with County Sound and then Radio Mercury whilst that was going on. So, um, uh, but during that time was when I got my first proper show. And it was the Saturday afternoon sports show on County Sound, but it was on County Sound Premier, which was on FM. It was on First Gold Radio, which was on AM, which was launched around then. And it was also on Delta Radio, which was a radio station that broadcast around the Hazelmere area. So three stations took this Saturday sports show. So even in those days, and this is all pre-digital, uh, um, that you, you had to do what, you know, splits, we call them splits, yeah, yeah. where you play out different commercials on different... It was still quite new to be doing that around that time, about 1990. And um, you had to, and we had old sort of audio carts. That's what the adverts were on. You know, I was still playing vinyl in those shows. But anyway, so I had a four-hour Saturday afternoon sports show with all this arithmetic to try and add up all these different adverts that are supposed to match each other going out on different transmitters. Uh, I, I was so scared that I barely remember the program at all. Um, I remember um, the, the, the first song, which was a, a song called um, Sky High by Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. The rest of it. And I remember phoning up the program controller afterwards saying, yeah, Oh, I'm really sorry. Don't worry. I, w- I won't come back. Next <laughs> I, I thought I was absolutely, I thought, well, I, th- I probably was absolutely dreadful, but you know, and this was a bit of advice um, uh, just to remember. So he came back to me with that tr- a dreadfully nice chat and just said, I never listened to people's first programs. <laughs> so don't worry. See you next week. And I think he did. I think he had obviously, but yeah, yeah. I thought that was a lovely little piece of management. And um, that always stuck with me, that actually. So, yeah, so there you go. The first, the first proper programme was, oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, I, I probably lost a couple of stones during that programme, which wouldn't have been a bad thing. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, from, speaking from a personal experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember my very first show. I, I, I got uh, put on air kind of um, at the last minute. So Steve Orchard you know steve yeah um back in the day he said to me oh we're gonna put you on air because um it's snowing outside we need somebody to do the snow line do you fancy yeah. doing it rog and i was like um uh yeah okay because it was always my dream to present at the end of the day but all i was yeah. was a, like a producer who used to play the adverts you were talking about the splits where i used to do the splits in a bristol bath and swindon at the time so at gwr back in the day yeah. so yeah. that's yeah. how i started <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah an interesting one um so let's talk to you about the launch of the eagle you were in a very competitive market there and uh, you said it was quite um tough before the radio station had, had actually launched well, uh, look, you know, I mean, um, people learn things by experience. The, the fact is that when County Sound had been taken over uh, back in the early 90s, um, uh, the, you know, there'd been a sort of regional approach given to it by the then incumbents. And, and, and I'm afraid f- at that time, mid-90s, it just didn't work out for them. So actually, we didn't have a huge amount of listenership to pick up. That's the truth. When we took over, I think... I think the first listening figures, they were run by JICRA in those days, then to become Rajar. I think um, we picked it up at around 10% um, reach, which is a figure. Uh, now, bearing in mind, you know, in the last couple of years of Eagle's existence, we got to 30. 
um, you can imagine that it was just a bit slow at the start. We had to work hard. You know, we had to work hard. It was great. I mean, it was great fun, mind you, Roger. It's nothing like getting a radio station together, as there is with any project, in fairness, in business. And, you know, you've got a team together. You want to succeed. You want to push forward. You're all with the same intent and et cetera. And it's a, it's a very special time. But I would say that it took us, uh, so we launched in 96, and I would say um, it took us until 99, 2000 for me to start feeling that we were really cutting through. Uh, we, in that period of time, uh, with those listening figures, we became, in the area that we broadcast to, which was about half a million people, we became the first, the, the number one commercial listen in around 99, 2000. We, we overtook Capital, uh, who had been very big in this area and had regained ground again um in the, the the years preceding um the years preceding eagles launch so <clears throat> that was a big time those sort of first three four years um were, were were big and then really the rest of the time was about just getting better doing things better um and uh, and really trying to connect with the people that uh, that were listening to us and also gaining more listeners along the way too what do you think the success of the eagle was it's a, yeah, quite a few people have asked me that. Um, and, and look, you know, there's been lots of great local stations uh, throughout the UK. You know, it's, uh, it's um, uh, and, and yeah. sometimes local radio gets a bit of a bad name, you know, and I, and I, I do understand why that is um, for a number of reasons, which is too long to go into now. However, uh, we always ran Eagle honestly as, you know, we're a commercial business. Being a commercial business, you needed to do the business to be able to do the good things that you wanted to do. And we were always very honest about that, always very upfront about it and saying, look, you know, in order to do things like the, the toy appeal and the local heroes and, you know, we're a business, we need to, we need to pay our staff. Um, and therefore, you know, the business side of it is, is, is important. But, but of course, that became sort of um, melded in with the fact that you know that meant that other local businesses were as important to us so we became partners and friends with the businesses that supported us and i think that's a really really important thing to remember you know and i don't think people should in the commercial sector i really really don't think people should shy away from that um you, you know the commercial stations continue to exist because of the people that spend money with them that is the truth it's then what you do with that staying power so we very clearly, very precisely, and as part of, you know, the UKRD, which is the group that ran us, and Roger, you know about them, um, uh, philosophy that we, we gained particularly through the 2000s and then heading on up into uh, later years, just around, you know, cultural and value approach to uh, business lives, but also our staff's lives, the people that actually, the you know, staff life as well, the people that actually spent their time with us, which is why... You know, we had a lot of people who lasted with us a very long time because it was a good company to come through. And I think that came out of Eagle. I think people could hear that. Uh, you know, um, th th those, are the, those are the sort of main bits behind it. The other, the other stuff, Roger, um, isn't easy stuff. In fact, it's, it's not easy at all. But the, but the other stuff is, is things like, you know, teamwork. And does it sound like that on the radio? And does it sound like a team? People like that, you know, people yeah. like people getting on with each other. I know people like drama as well, but they like that sound of togetherness and collaboration, particularly in a local setting. Uh, as that was something that we were very keen to make sure we put across. And it was genuine, you know, it was genuine. You know, there were, a lot of us were, became very good friends and continue to be so. Um, 
even if people had left some time ago. So uh, I think I think there were a few little things in there, um, but those were the sort of main bits, I think. You had a unique kind of show together with Bev and Matt as well on The Breakfast Show. And uh, you talking about teamwork there and that little piece. Um, and that's why it was so kind of unique, wasn't it, for the area? Because people knew that the Eagle, PG and the other two on The Breakfast Show at that particular time, every morning they were there to wake you up. So I think there's some interesting stuff in that, and 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 thank you for, for saying that. But but um, so first of all, I had a good old practice at that over a number of years. You know, don't forget, I did I did the breakfast show on Eagle for almost 25 years. So in the early days, you know, I had various different teams, I had various different people, and I began to understand how how to 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 create um, characters um, if people were happy to be that, of course. Um, and you know, that went back some, you know, right the way back into the late 90s. Um, with working with, and I had some really great people that I worked with throughout the years. But I would say probably, you know, certainly with Bev, who came along, um, you know, in the early 2000s um, and hadn't done radio before, you know, but she, which was part of the delight. She just got in touch because she thought it was something she might want to do. Didn't really know much about it. She came and did some stuff with us. And then, you know, I got her onto the breakfast show. She was, a, you know, she was former, she was in a pop group called Hepburn that's where she came from she came from the music business which we kept referring back to for many years later anyway um and uh and then you know Matt was was a was obviously part of the production aspect of it as well but you know um it, for, for me there's two things Roger uh uh and, and yeah. never must never mistake arrogance for actually what is really um uh self-confidence um, you've got to have confidence. You've got to have confidence in what you are doing when you are providing a service to people, um, which and some aspects of which are important to them. You know, really important. Even if it is just helping them with a bit of travel news one morning, or perhaps more, you know, more incisively with with some sort of charity appeal, whatever it is, whatever it is, we could turn the eagle speakers to to try and help. You know, and it's important to be part of fronting that. And therefore, um, you know, I was I was very keen that people became characters, uh, but genuine characters. We didn't put things on. You know, what you heard was what you got, but it was just maybe a little bit more life size than say if we were just talking to each other in a room or something. And um, I do I do think the characterization of Eagle and what we did with that um, really helped it cut through and continued to receive just an amazing loyalty. Um, and we worked really hard at that and we took it seriously as well. So, for example, you know, I know it sounds I know it sounds silly, but 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 it's not silly. It's, it's actually it's actually common sense. You know, we, we, if we were out and about in the area off duty, as it were, you just had to remember that that was what you did. And therefore, you just had to be more responsible about things. So so basically, all my good times are taking place outside the area. No, no, that's not right. Um, uh, so, so, so we really took it that seriously. If you were part of what we did, you were part of it, whether you were on duty or off duty. Uh, it was that 110% thing again. And I, and I do think, you know, that's another little sort of area where that was why things worked, frankly. Mm. Um, and, and, and just a bunch of great committed people who were, who were happy to, uh, to go with it all. And that's what I hear from so many people that I talk to uh, being in this area. I've only been over this area a little while now. And uh, I hear so many good reports about your show that was on, etc. And the team and how much of a community it was that people yeah. had from their radio station. 
Yeah, and, and as I say, you know, it was something that we really worked at. And look, you know, I wasn't everyone's cup of tea myself as, as a character on the radio. Um, I'm, I'm not 100% like that the whole time, I'll be honest. But I, I played to that because it, it made a difference. And, and in the way that, you know, a lot of people felt Bev was obviously out of the two of us was the warmer one. And that, by the way, that is true in real life. Um, um, but, you know, not everyone also felt you know it, it, there was a there was there was a polarization to a certain extent around people's characters but that's what you can do you know when you've created that and and what we did was real some of it was as i say slightly over amplified on occasions but you know we stuck with themes and we stuck with sort of ongoing jokes and we stuck with stuff because that's what people like you know and humor but without ever trying to exclude anyone so when someone new came along uh, we felt that we could also welcome them in really quickly as well. It was it's a it's a really interesting balancing act that, um, and you and I think one of the biggest things that I learned, uh, not just as a, a radio presenter, but but you know as a as a as a director of the business, which is what I was, um, was you know you, you are always learning this stuff. You don't ever stop. Uh, you, you know even now going forward into whatever's next. You know you don't stop because there's always some really interesting stuff to pick up, um, and I used to. Um, uh, unashamedly to be honest uh just look around uh, listen to others watch others uh, and go do you know i'd quite like to do that in fact in my position in uk i used to be able to go and visit some of the other radio stations and i, I almost always would come back from whether it be yorkshire or cornwall or wherever with, with ideas that i simply nicked off the guys up there and just implemented the back in guildford and, and i have you know that's i don't have a problem with that because that's how it all works but um yeah, no, and never, you know, the never stop learning thing. There was always stuff uh, to to look at and do, and um, I think that's probably another thing that kept us going. Yeah, I think it's when when you go out into the community, people recite things back. When uh, when people say, "Oh, you did that two weeks ago," and you're you're trying to rack yeah. your brains, aren't you? When there's a bit of that sometimes. <laughs> there's a bit of that. There is there is, but at the same time, you know, what a fantastic thing to have. I mean, that, yeah, yeah, you know. I remember when I signed off from Eagle in the summer, you know, I just talked about it being a, a, a privilege. I mean, it really was. It was fantastic. Mm. I mean, I, you, you know, to be able, I, okay, you know, yes, there was some work put in and yes, I had to learn the trade and yes, and all of that. But, you know, sometimes luck just comes with you. And I just, I just think it did with me. And I know the others feel the same. And, um, and I think that is, that, that, that's also another little part. But, but I think, therefore, once you get that sort of stroke of luck that happens, and you have to celebrate it and you have to do something with it, you know, and and um, regardless of what people thought of maybe some personalities or whatever it was, you know, we did stuff at Eagle. You know, we did it. We didn't we didn't just sit back, play a few records and hope for the best. And I'm not saying that's what everyone does. I'm just saying we didn't do that. We absolutely made sure that all our staff, whatever they were, from from the finance department through to the sales department through to people that went out doing videos, whatever, whoever it was, 100% engaged with what we were trying to do because we talked about it as a team and everyone signed up for it. And it was, uh, you know, in our real prime and in our heydays, it was, uh, it was like a speedboat going, going, at, uh, going at full cruise speed along a flat sea and it felt really good. I think it was uh, uh, kind of modelled across the group at the end of the day because, I, as I said to you in the beginning, I used to work for UKRD myself over in the West Country, for instance. Yeah. So I worked at Western, uh, Bristol, um, where was it else? Cheltenham and Stroud, for instance. And that ethos that you were creating at the Eagle was 
uh, sent to the other radio stations at the time. So we knew what we had to, you know, you were our model at the end of the day where we had to follow that. And at the end of the day, you, you guys won the Sunday Times business, didn't you? The small business. Uh, well, yeah, the group did. I, I mean, five times in a row, actually, we won mm. the um, we won the Sunday Times best company to work for, um, uh, which which also we were hugely proud of, and it was very unexpected in many ways. Um, I think the first year we came in the sort of top twenty or something, and then really from after that it was, and that particular um, awards thing was based on staff feedback. Yeah, um, which you know is an independent survey done of your staff. And that's quite a thing, and, and, and there may be people listening that, that know about this particular award. Um, and, you know, yeah, we got it five times in a row. And, and so, so whilst that was, it was fantastic to have, what I, what I remember thinking was, was, well, isn't that wonderful that actually the amount of effort that everyone within the, the company has put in to try and make things better for the way we work and what we do, isn't it great that's been recognised? I always remember thinking that was... That was it. It wasn't just about an award. It was about the fact, actually, you know, what we've been doing. And you had to work really hard at this whole culture mm-hmm. and values thing. Yeah. It wasn't just a few words on the walls. It, it was real, in-depth, personal stuff in some cases. And, you know, we asked people to commit to that. And I think those award wins were, were part of the recognition of that, which I thought was just fantastic. Yeah, I remember filling in some of those surveys back in the day. But there you go. There you go. Anyway, shall we move on to Peter, uh, Peter Gordon, the pod? PG the pod, pod. <laughs> or even the or even the Peter Gordon pod. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, thank you. Um, I don't mind moving on to it at all. <laughs> um, it's a series that we've just started launching. In fact, first episode came out last week. Um, it reunites uh, me and Bev and Matt, um, but in podcast form. It's not a radio station or anything. So, why did uh, you want to do it first of all? Well, now there's an interesting thing. Um, I I felt that we still had some things to say and to do. So um, that was one of the things. I also knew that I wanted, particularly in this, in what is, you know, the back end of what has been the back end of a year, frankly, let's be absolutely honest about it. Um, I thought it would be nice to highlight some community stuff and some charities, uh, which we're doing and will be doing over the coming episodes in the run up to Christmas. Um, and uh, yeah, I just thought, I thought there was, I thought there was something there that people might want to listen to. And by the looks of the, uh, the episode one, um, luckily, luckily, because there's always a little bit of a fingers crossed about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, as you well know, um, uh, luckily I was right, and and people are, and it's and it's lovely. So uh, it's and and it's it's pretty straightforward, Roger. It's pretty simple stuff because it would be involving me, and um, it, it, it's it's just a, a little snapshot of conversations that we're having uh, scattered with um, some campaigns, some charity. We're, we're supporting the Step by Step campaign, which is based in Aldershot, as you probably know about. Uh, they've got a Christmas campaign on, so we're, we're, we're championing that through the whole series. Um, but also other um, supporters of the podcast, who we call Pod Pals, by the way, um, they can also nominate charities uh, that, that we donate some money to. And um, uh, But but it, it's just a bit of fun. That, that, you know, they're sort of half an hour to 40 minutes long, the podcast, uh, so it won't, uh, won't take up too much of your day. And, of course, unlike a breakfast show, Roger Noble, yep. unlike a breakfast show, uh, <laughs> you can listen to a podcast any time you like. Mm. Um, and that means we can make it any time we like, not when we have to get up first thing in the morning, which mm. is also a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> Are you enjoying your lions? I'm still getting used to it. Uh, and I mean, a li- you know, a lion. It, it, yes, there is a lion because it's certainly not as early. I mean, my, my wife is a teacher. So uh, and um, as you may know, teachers work very, very hard uh, this year, particularly again. 
Um, and they get up early. They get up early because they need to get themselves ready, get themselves sore. So actually, I sort of get up not too far after I normally would have done. Um, but of course, the difference is that um, the issue and slight risk for me with a breakfast show that went on for decades was you always had to engage your brain. I find at least these days, making a cup of tea or uh, you know, getting the breakfast ready doesn't perhaps to engage the brain like I had to when I had to be sort of wide awake at the ridiculous o'clock. So yes, in reply to your question, um, it's different. Um, and um, but I but I but I loved I loved it. I loved it for all the years I did it. But uh, now it's not there. Um, uh, it is different, and um, and and perhaps and perhaps not missing the early alarms as much as um, I should do. <laughs> that's fa- uh, that's fair enough. Diplomatically. <laughs> No, you know, because I don't know about you. When 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 you do, you get just get into that routine every day. For instance, you. At what time were you getting up for the breakfast show? For instance. Well, this was the issue. I mean, so I mean, I wasn't that far from uh, for most of my time. I wasn't far from where the office is, uh, and of course, in the recent months, in the in the final few months of Eagle, I, I was working from home anyway, and I was broadcasting from where I'm broadcasting. Uh, oh, okay. Um. So, uh, four forty-five, the alarm would go off, um, which isn't as early as some. But then I was I was only a mile from the station, you see, so it was quite. I mean, I literally could just sit in the car and let it roll down the hill, if I'm honest. <laughs> so, so whilst, but 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 four forty-five or even earlier, depending on where I was, over the best. Well, twenty-five years for Eagle, but I'll be honest with you, most of the radio I did before that, really from County Sound onwards, had an early morning element to it, whether or not it was news reading or presenting. Um, so it's it's a good part of 30 years that that was the alarm time. And um, uh, yeah, you know, and, and, and I mean, <clears throat> you've done radio and, and the people listening maybe also do other shifts and, and weird. You're forever in jet lag, really. That's the truth. I'm sure it's not particularly good for you. Um, I used to find that, um, you know, days days were long because it wasn't just doing a radio show. A lot of people think I probably finished it. I didn't. That was the beginning of the work day. In fact, that was the non-work day before the work day then followed. So it was, it was, it, the, the commitment was huge, but it was a commitment that I would, I would make again without any, any hesitation. I, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. That was the fun bit of the day. And then it was the serious bits afterwards, wasn't it? Well, sort of, although I've got to be honest with you, yeah. I enjoyed those bits as well, Roger. And that's the whole point. You know, as someone, someone who likes performing and being a presenter, but at the same time, I'm interested in business and marketing and PR and, and creativity. And, you know, I was able to do the whole, the whole shebang, frankly. I mean, you know, there wasn't a box that wasn't ticked from that point of view. So I never really, I, I, I tell you something, I did do a, a very short spell in the city just before, sort of in the hiatus between university and the whole county sound thing. I did go and work in the city for nine months as an international insurance broker, can you believe? <laughs> Imagine that. Anyway, uh, and I remember clock watching from day one. And I knew I'd gone the wrong place. As it happened, the money that I made from that was what paid for my journalism course that I told you about earlier. That's just a bit of a reflection back on it. But I do remember clock watching during that job and how awful that feels. Um, I, I, apart from, obviously, from the timing point of view to make sure we got to the news on time or what time you know, we had to play this and that, I never ever clock watched in my job. I didn't even know what time it was half the time. Later in the, in the day, I'd look at my watch and go, gosh, where did the day go? Um, and I loved that. I loved that. You know, yes, sometimes it meant I was a bit late for things, but hey. Um, and, and I think, you know, to have a job where you're not tapping your fingers on the desk or anything like that, uh, it's, it's great, isn't it? 
and I'm not, you know, I'm not sure everyone has that. So I, I think that's another reason why you have to remember how lucky a thing it was. So we got the Peter Gordon pod. What else yep. have we got uh, going on? Do you want to well, share? Yeah, with I mean, us? I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of. I suppose um, this was something I only heard of recently, actually. But I suppose I'm sort of living a slightly portfolio life these days. So I've got sort of various bits and bobs going on, as opposed to sort of like the one big thing that I used to do all the time. Although that did have lots of offshoots, I've now, you know, I'm, I'm so so the, the the podcast and perhaps some other podcasting coming up in the future, uh, maybe in 21. Um, just a few little things uh, about that. Uh, I'm also um, doing some ambassadorial work for various organisations. Uh, one of those actually is Phyllis Tuckwell Hospice Care, um, who you also know about. I know uh, do some fantastic work. Um, they've got a campaign on at the moment called Tuckwell Tasks, where they're asking businesses to do silly little tasks and things, film them, share them on social media, set up a Just Giving page and, and ask people to donate as a result of the actions that they've done. So I've sort of been the face of that. There's been a few videos gone out around that. So I've been, that, that's kept me busy. Um, and, and, and then there's, there's a number of radio things coming up, Ooh. which, I can't, which oh. I can't talk about at the moment. Okay, all right. Um, but but um, yeah, so I won't be too far from a radio at some point in the not too distant future oh, you tease you little tease you um but it, it may not be what everyone thinks it would be but a lot of people think oh we're starting up a new local station um that's not my personal intention at the moment okay the moment. Fair um, enough. For, for a number of reasons which perhaps go into another time but um but i think uh put it this way uh i think it would be very difficult to recreate the um, the actual uh, infrastructure that was Eagle Radio, I think it'll be very difficult to recreate that now for a, for a number of reasons. Um, and um, but we shall see. Never say never, Roger. Never say never. One thing that we haven't mentioned about you, actor Lovey, Panto. Oh, go. go on. Oh yes, it is. I know it's not. Um, well, this is this is this Christmas is my first Christmas off from Panto in fifteen years. Believe. Um, the um, the Ivanano unfortunately decided, and and for absolutely uh, you know uh, obvious reasons, quite early on in the um, summer uh, that they weren't going to be able to really do a panto this year. They've got a little Christmas show going on called Snow Queen, which I encourage people to go and see. Um, uh, fingers crossed, obviously, um, with everything that's going on. Um, so yeah, uh, so yeah, I've done panto on and off um, in either live or slightly pre-recorded form since two thousand and three. But, and that's, and that, you know, that was another extension of the whole radio thing. What do you love was, about that side of it, then? What do you love about being on the stage? I actually, so the one thing I didn't put in when, um, when we were talking about the early days of radio is that the truth is I actually wanted to be an actor. That's really the truth. <laughs> um, and I bottled it to a certain extent. Um, and radio found areas that, that I could touch with that um, sort of yearning, as it were. So that sort of, that was fine. Um, so then I was invited back, I think in Woking, uh, by the guys at the New Victoria Theatre in Woking in 2003. They said, why don't you just come on and join us, you know, for a bit of a part in our panto. And it was, uh, what was it that year? Peter Pan with Steve McFadden, you know, Phil Mitchell from EastEnders. And um, I did that one. Then I did the next year with uh, wonderful Sam Kane and Linda Lusardi, which is Snow White. Then I sort of had a bit of a break, although I did do a narration, pre-recorded narration for Aldershot Princess Hall. And then I did the mirror at Guildford at the Even Arno. I was the mirror in Snow White to Stephanie Beecham's Wicked Queen. Um, I always got my lines right. 
it helps when you pre-record. And um, and then they finally tempted me to start doing it live the following year, and then the rest is history. And I think I've been Dame, gosh, I don't know, five times now. I've been sister twice. I've been a king and I've been an emperor. Um, and it's just, it's it's fantastic. And once again, Roger, though, you see, you know, it's a commitment. I mean, you're in it. If you're in it, you're in it. And that's the end of it. You don't see an awful lot during the Christmas period. You know, you get Christmas Day off and you get Boxing Day off. Uh, no, actually, no, you don't. You get Christmas Day off and New Year's Day off, and that's your lot. Um, so I have a very patient wife, um, family. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, but it, it, it also, you know, it scratched another itch there, I suppose, to a certain extent. And I've been very lucky. And, and hopefully, hopefully, more to come. Excellent. It's a bit of a tease. It's uh, PG, aren't you? Hey. Well, the the, the problem is, <laughs> it's a timing thing, Roger. I'm afraid because you know we were talking about this today. There may be some other things that I might be able to tell you about, but probably not until next week or even the week after. So you know, anyway. Can we invite you back on another podcast then? Of course, I'd be delighted to be in a fantastic chat. Thoroughly Ex- enjoyed it. Excellent. Well, it's been lovely to talk to you today and catch up with you and uh, find out what's been going on over the last couple of months and uh, what you did well, and how you started, etc. It's been an absolute pleasure. Can I? And I, I also just wanted to put on record here. Anyway, I just think the stuff that you guys do is just really good. I mean, it's really, really good. Talk about supporting the community, supporting good causes, uh, putting something back into into the area. You know, you're real, uh, real. You have a masterclass of that. Um, and uh, and well done to you guys because I think it's fantastic. Well, thank you very much indeed. We'll take that praise. Thank you. We really appreciate your your time on this podcast today, Peter Gordon. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Roger. Hey, thanks for listening. We very much hope you've been entertained. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page at Entertainment UK. You'll find all our podcasts at buzzpodcast.co.uk.